Welcome to the 31 Oils Podcast. I'm Jen O'Sullivan. This is a place for free, fast-paced, and focused learning to boost your personal wellness journey. When you know better, you do better. When you do better, you will be better. Are you ready to put some work in today? Let's dive into today's topic. Hey everyone, we're going to get started today talking about quality and different standards. These are very important when choosing an essential oil company, and uh, most don't really tell you the whole story. So while we talked about farming already, and farming is a really important um, part, very important, part of the thing is understanding the type of essential oils you might be getting. And so, you know, when you go to, say, Walmart, and there's a frankincense there for $5, uh, whereas every other company online that's worth their, you know, their weight in dirt, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, they uh, are in the $40 range, okay? So 40 to even $100 range, depending on what type of frankincense you're getting. So there's no thought to, I guess, some people when they go into a store like that and think, oh, my friend talks about frankincense and here's a frankincense, so I might as well buy it because it's only $5. I will tell you right now, it is 100% not frankincense, meaning there's zero frankincense in there. (laughs) Okay, so you're not going to be able to get a frankincense for $5. So here's what I want you to understand first and foremost. The, the very most important thing when understanding essential oils is the regulation of them. And what I mean by that is the term essential oil means nothing but fragrance. So the tricky part here is when you go to Costco or a big box store and you see I don't know, plugins that are for wall, you know, your wall plug-in fresheners that literally say essential oils. There is zero essential oils in there. That is a marketing ploy <laughs> to get some of you who think, "Oh, how interesting. They're using essential oils." Because the term essential oil just means fragrance. You don't have to have anything natural about it. It can literally be synthetic fragrance, and that's usually what it is for what their product is because their product will smell more intense with a an actual fragrance, synthetic fragrance. Okay, so now that we've got that out of the way, remember the word essential oil means fragrance. And what I mean by that is in the regulatory agencies over the entire world, when there's a label, Coco Chanel could label, you know, Chanel number no. five as pure essential oil. They could. That's how frustrating this is. So some of you guys might have heard at one point that, you know, a company only has to have a certain percentage. I've heard people say 5%. I've heard people say 10%, 1%. I've heard it all over the place. That is not true. That is just a rumor. They don't have to have any essential oil in their product labeled pure essential oil. Shocking? It should be. (laughs) But that is the way it goes. That is the labeling regulatory system here in the United States and across the world to some extent. So here's the issue at hand. You don't know what you're getting. (laughs) So you better research your company a little bit. And when we look at the, the types of essential oils that you could get, there's really only four types Okay, and four types refer to kind of the the gamut, if you will, of quality. And some of you guys have heard people talk about grades, like a grade A, grade B, grade C, grade D. Again, there's no such thing. That is just a way to 
help people understand. It was it was a something that <clears throat> I think some Young Living distributor came up with many years ago to help their their people understand the difference in quality. So it was it was basically an analogy, okay? So there's no such thing as anyone in their right mind labeling floral water, which is labeled as a grade D, as essential oil, okay? Because that would be like you taking 100% rose hip seed oil and saying this is essential oil or better yet carrot seed, right? Cuz there is a carrot seed essential oil and a carrot seed um, carrier oil. That would be like somebody taking the carrier oil and putting pure therapeutic grade essential oil. Well, it doesn't smell anything like oil, essential oil. It's a carrier oil. It's a completely different animal. So floral water is hydrosol. Yeah, got it? So hydrosol is, a lot of people call it the byproduct, right? So when the essential oil is being distilled, there's water as well. And if you've ever seen it, it's very beautiful. There's like the water part and the essential oil, and then they separate that out. And oftentimes they just take that floral water or hydrosol and they just dump it down the drain. A lot of other companies will actually sell it. So in the case of Young Living, we now have in the United States uh, sandalwood hydrosol, and it is beautiful. But have you noticed it smells nothing like the actual sandalwood essential oil? That is because they are very different, okay? And the statement made that many of the same constituents, yeah, there are some similar constituents within that hydrosol. However, it's mostly very different. That's why it smells nothing like sandalwood. It has a completely different smell. So it just is an interesting thing. You'll see that with like rose hydrosol as well. It's not as strong and crazy. That's why a lot of people love rose floral water. But you can't put floral water in the same category as a true therapeutic grade essential oil. So we don't use that in our in our quality lineup here. What I like to do is just put it in plain terms for you to understand. The four would be authentic and that is a very specific aromatherapy term. We use the word, wow, it's very authentic. And that means that it's pure, unadulterated, usually not fractionated, depending on certain certain essential oils that have to be fractionated, but most often not fractionated, literally not messed with. <laughs> they were distilled properly, and you get the entire... Um, the entire constitu constituency base of that oil, the entire thing. So that is uh, authentic, and we're talking single species. So you can't put a blend in that category unless you know for a fact all of the singles used in that blend were authentic. And again, 100% pure, no synthetics, no fractionating, no rectification. Um, usually they have a heavier, earthier smell to them because the, and the molecules are less pleasing to a... a untrained nose. And what I mean by that is a lot of times when you see some of these other manipulated oils, that's the second category, they're a little more sweet and more pleasing to the nose, meaning somebody who's not trained in this or somebody who's not interested, don't they just want to make the room smell good. Um, they'll actually like a manipulated essential oil better because it smells more like their candles. <laughs> Okay, so moving on to the second version, it's manipulated or augmented. That would be a step down. Um, and that step down is that it's still considered pure. Really, they're still considered pure in most cases, but they're usually fractionated, meaning they've taken something out, some heavier molecules that maybe are undesirable for the aroma, or they've added something from another plant. So oftentimes you'll see this in lavender, they'll add like a little bit of ylang-ylang to kind of make the smell better, just enough to make it 
good. Okay. The problem, however, is sometimes rectification happens where they'll put a synthetic in there. Um, and that's not good. And when there's a synthetic put in there, just a small amount, right? So ethyl vanillin is a very common small amount. None of the gas chromatography machines will pick this up. Small amount of ethyl vanillin makes it smell so much better. Literally makes the oil smell so much better. So it might be labeled pure, but that would still be in that manipulated or augmented category. About 90% of all the essential oils on the market that are considered pure, and I'm talking these are reputable companies, they're good to go, are in that manipulated category. That is just fact. And if you call any of the plants, the farming companies, where these people get their oils from, you'd have to find a broker and find out where they're getting their oils from and actually kind of really deep dive dig for this information. But if you ask them, they will ask you. If you were pretending, let's say, to be a buyer, they would say, what would you like? Do you want fractionated? And they don't call it fractionated. It's a fractional distillation. So I use the term fractionated because it's more easily understood, and we're going to get into that deeper later. It's not technically fractionated. It's a fractional distillation process, which means they're actually distilling the essential oil again one, two, three, or even four times. And the more they distill it and pull out different molecules, it gets it changes the aroma. And it changes the way it works on you and in you. So again, we're going to talk about that in a a different segment here. But um, that's the second type. And most essential oils fall in that category. Uh, The third type would be perfume. And that would be where they might take some pure and add some synthetic. So you get this sort of Frankenstein version of essential oils. That would be where some of the higher priced essential oils over the counter. So if you're going to a supermarket that has essential oils or some of these other stores that you've seen sell essential oils, if they're fairly high priced, usually it's because there's a blend of both. They'll take some synthetic mixed with the pure and it creates this sort of weird monster oil. And why I say that is I have experimented with 22 different brands and one brand in particular was very odd to me because I blend blend them to see how they respond with each other and it was was like a science experiment gone bad. <laughs> so it's just no good. Um, so that's where the perfume comes in. And so they will be labeled as pure, by the way, but they are not. And they're allowed to be labeled as pure because that's just the way it goes, right? Because remember, essential oil is just a fragrance. Okay, the fourth category would be synthetic. And that would be where they are literally 100% synthetic. That's going to be your oils that cost like $5 each, you know, where literally you're getting this little tiny oil and it is is just synthetic fragrance. And so you will get a headache from it and you will get an, a headache from the perfume one as well. So the, the bottom two tiers are full of synthetics. And if you are sensitive to smells, meaning like for me, I have to in the mall, like close my nose past many, many department stores. And you know, you go through the front entrance of Macy's and I'm like, stop, don't spray me. <laughs> right? Because those perfumes and synthetics are all synthetic. So it's not great. It's something we want to consider. Purity absolutely does matter. And so I'm just going to list some of the purity tests that Young Living does. We do 20 different tests, um, and they're very thorough. And it's interesting because there's these 20 different tests, and not every single oil needs all tests. So some of them are specific to specific oils. But do know that it's um, we, we literally test every single batch of oil that comes through with these 20 different tests. And we it goes through 20 people. It takes 20 people. It takes 
them about a week to perform all 20 tests and 20 people are doing this and we do it twice. So it's literally, we are actually doing that in two different times of the actual process, which is really fascinating. If you think about that, that, you know, we're, we're right when they come in, right when we get that batch, we're testing them and then we test them again. And by the way, we don't just test it once that two week, that one week process over two different weeks they test in triplicate two different times. So they're testing every batch, 20 tests around there, 15 to 20 tests, three times, two different times during the process. <laughs> so it ends up being around 120 tests that our oils get before they even come to us. Okay, so I'm just gonna quickly go over all these tests so that you have them and know what they are. You've got, obviously, gas chromatography mass spectrometry. Those are not two separate tests. It's gas chromatography is the action it's taking, and the mass spectrometry is the analysis, like where it's literally allowing it to show you the graph, <laughs> okay? So that's considered a GCMS, and it's basically just a method of separating individual molecular compounds in any substance that could be vaporized. So in the case of essential oils, they can be vaporized um, without it being damaged, right? So that, that MS, like I said, it's the means by which the final detected molecular compounds are analyzed. Okay, so so just that always has to go together. So if somebody ever tells you we do gas chromatography and we do mass spectrometry, if they try and split those up, they don't know what they're talking about. So that is one test. Gas chromatography also can put another spin on this in the flame ionization detector part. So you'll see that labeled as GCFID. And that could be added to the gas chromatography mass spectrometry and is meant to detect if there's any non-organic materials in there. And that's an interesting one that sometimes we actually reject oils from because we'll will detect something that's not good. Okay, so um, viscometry measures the thickness of an oil, and the thing why you would wanna measure all of these things is because we have what's called a library that is what they should be, right? You, you need a library in order to understand to, to kind of mark it up against like what's the litmus test how do we know if that is the right thickness if I'm putting valerian in there or vetiver right one is super thin one is super thick how do we know which one is which it's because we compare it to our library and the best essential oil companies and testing companies have the largest libraries and Young Living has literally the largest library on the planet <laughs> so you know when other companies come back and say well Young Living didn't do this right or whatever it's like well who are you what library are you putting that up against because your library could be actually wrong which happens sometimes okay so um, densitometry is is how light or dark an essential oils is when light passes through it uh, specific gravity it compares the density of water to the density of the essential oil to actually up obtain a purity measurement okay refractometry or also called refract refractive index is how an essential oil um, bends light based on its molecular structure. Okay, uh, polymetry is how an essential oil bends polarized light based on its molecular structure. This is also um, something that uses optical rotation. Um, the ICP-MS is a inductively coupled plasma mass spectrometry test which measures metals in an essential oil. Um, what's interesting is it can detect 
detect one bad molecule in a billion good molecules. And that would be like finding one drop of bad water in an Olympic-sized pool. So it's very specific. Um, and then the inductively coupled plasma atomic optical emission measures metals in the oil using light. Okay, so it's very interesting, all these things. Um, High-performance liquid chromatography is similar to this GCMS, but it uses pressure instead of heat. So the, the GCMS uses heat, whereas the um, high-performance liquid chromatography uses pressure. Okay, Fourier transform infrared measures the chemical bonds within the compounds. The automated microenumeration counts the good and bad bacterial. So this is a microbiological um, test. Uh, there's also disintegration, which is basically the rate at which an oil disintegrates. Again, each oil has a different rate of disintegration. The pH is the specific pH of an essential oil. And again, each essential oil has its own um, pH. Flashpoint is that specific flashpoint of an oil, and it's in part of a safety test. Um, the lowest point of temperature when an oil vaporizes into a gas and then can be ignited with an external fire source. And this is where, um, you know, high flashpoint oils have that safety bag. So that's why you see certain oils come to you in an actual bag or a, a, a bag that has an actual, um, it looks sort of like a brown piece of like cardboard, but isn't. It's a high absorbency um, piece of cardboard that actually could soak it up in case that leaked because you can't mail anything that would blow up right so that's why is there flashpoint um and it's also with the combustibility which is another test the combustibility is the point at which an oil catches fire using oxidation without the addition of fire and so those two are really important um, microscopy analysis is basically a broad range of data obtained to anal uh, analyze the molecular structure of each oil from basically particle identification to molecule size so that's like i said broad spectrum Chiral chromatography separ separates optical isomer isomers. Um, optical isomers are like mirror images. So this is that racemic, like your hands. Okay, it's very interesting. And when compounds are synth synth synthesized in the lab, we almost always get, get racemic mixtures, meaning we always get that mirror image. And so this shows if the oil is actually pure or synthetic. Um, and man-made products have two peaks that are the same and pure or natural only have one. So again, you got to know how to read these to even understand them, but this will give you some cool information. Um, there's also isotope ratio mass spectrometry. That's that IRMS. And this helps to monitor and detect the presence of any synthetics. Um, so this one is based on the atomic mass and is often called carbon isotope ratio analysis. It measures ratios of isotopes, atoms of different weight. Um, you're going to see some people say that this one doesn't matter, but it actually does. <laughs> so, um, and then the last one is the organoleptologist uh, that they have on staff. <laughs> okay, This is the nose of the company, the person who can smell and understand the therapeutic action it has and feel it, right? So it's organoleptic testing. And it's basically a sensory method that is pretty subjective. The scientist needs to really understand um, 
how to do this. Uh, it's being able to smell and detect if it's bad or not. Um, some of you guys are natural organoleptologists in the fact that literally oils affect you very quickly. You can tell therapeutically what they do, but also you'll know right away if there's a synthetic because you'll get a massive headache from it or your body will respond to it as well. So your nose, that's a big one. And um, this is something that is a very specialty thing. So, okay, so that's it for this. I wanted to just help you understand the difference in quality and the four the four tiers of quality and then also um, all the tests that we do. So a little bit longer post, but hopefully you guys um, very helpful. So thanks you guys and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your journey today. You can find all of my books and other resources over at 31oils.com. You can also check out my website, jenosullivan.com, for some additional resources. So thanks, you guys, so much for being here. Until next time, I'm Jen O'Sullivan. Know better, do better, be better. This episode is brought to you by the time I was speaking in Singapore and we passed a sample bottle of blue tansy around the room for people to smell, only to find that one gal had rubbed three drops all over her face. Everyone was making such a commotion and I was a little bit upset, like why aren't they listening to me? And I look over and thank you my Singaporean Oompa Loompa friend you gave me such a belly laugh on stage what an event so thanks you guys have a blessed day and don't put blue tansy without carrier oil on your face you'll be blue and an Oompa Loompa too (laughs) be blessed you guys thanks so much